0: Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. Consider subscribing to get notifications the next time we post a podcast. And if you enjoy this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share with a friend or on social media. Set your alarm for Saturday mornings on KYMN for the Raider Wrap. Join me, Jimmy LaRue, at 10 o'clock each Saturday as I talk with area coaches and gather insight to the ins and outs of high school sports and activities. A.J. Reister will bring you up to date with all the scores and highlights of the week, along with one-on-one interviews in our segment of Meet the Raider. It's all right here, Saturday morning, starting at 10 a.m. on KYMN 95.1, The One. Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell couldn't be with us today, but we do have uh, Ben Martig in, uh, Northfield's City Administrator, to discuss uh, events of last night's City Council meeting. Ben, good morning. Thank you so much for coming in. Good morning, Jeff. Let's, uh, let's talk about last night's Council meeting. Uh, just three items on the uh, regular agenda, a uh, number of items on the uh, consent agenda. Anything uh, you'd like to mention about the consent agenda or presentations before, you, uh, before we get into uh, the regular agenda?
1: Yeah, well, I'd like to start it off just, we did have a presentation with a recognition uh, for our municipal identification program that the city has. Um, so we have uh, Lucy uh, Gonzalez-Maron and uh, Marval de Cantos were at the meeting to present the award. Uh, it was, uh, the award really is a piece of art, um, recognizing the F- city efforts for advancing rights for all, especially uh, caring about our immigrant communities, uh, many Many of the uh, cities have approached Northfield inquiring about the process, about having our own identification cards and the implementation. We're still the only city in Minnesota that has that. But um, I don't have the uh, description of the artwork that was done, but it was kind of an embossed um, metal piece of art uh, that a Minnesota immigrant uh, provides to legislators uh, who are really advancing um, the rights and uh, recognition of the value that the immigrants uh, new immigrants to our community uh, really bring to minnesota provide workforce and other things and so that that recognition was presented and um uh, really i think was appreciated by the city and by um others for for that recognition has that been
0: uh, do you know how many id cards we have out there i haven't seen one yet but
1: uh yeah um we're in the hundreds um okay. trying to remember exactly where we're at jeff but it's been pretty successful um and we're in our new renewal of that right now oh. happening so with kind of a refresh of of that we'll be reaching okay. those cards but uh right. we do. it's been certainly appreciated by those who have used them Good. Uh, let's move on to the regular agenda
0: then. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, the West Riverwalk Entrance Improvements, the final concept plan, was considered last night. Uh, wait, what's the West Riverwalk Entrance Improvements? Wait, where's the West Riverwalk? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have a trouble coming up with a name for this is location. this is right across the... Yeah, it's uh, the west side of the river, uh, right yeah. Highway 3 and 3rd Parking Area, sure. right next to Basil's, I guess, where the city... Had done a redevelopment acquired a property there for a number of years ago we uh, had been taking a look at that and the the council a couple of years ago had said you know is there anything we can do to freshen that up and maybe do some work in there and kind of once you open that uh, can up a little bit and take a closer look with the dirt work and the grading it really doesn't technically meet our handicap standards related to grading right now and so we really worked on doing some concept plans to not only provide good accessibility but also enhancing it so that that particular location, it's kind of the window into the Riverwalk, I guess, with uh, Highway 3 and 3rd landscaping improvements. And so it was really intended to be kind of a gateway into the Riverwalk, so we wanted to do it well. So we have a consultant help us with uh, taking a look about how do we draw people in to that area so looking at, um, decorative concrete, some vertical elements related to signage or like maybe a piece of art to draw people's eye in kind of right by the sidewalk, mm-hmm. uh, landscaping some place for art as you move through, um, able to work in a little bit of a future, um, a place where basils along the building could also have uh, outdoor uh, dining uh, available, uh, which we know continues to be very popular amongst the public mm-hmm. to have that. And so, um really kind of set the groundwork. The council approved the concept plan for the Riverwalk entrance. Certainly this is kind of a conceptual phase. It pretty well lays out kind of how it's planned to be designed, but does leave some flexibility related to wayfinding what exactly is the plant materials. There was some interest in Maybe adding some lighting abilities so that Christmas lights could be added to really brighten it up uh, in the in the holiday season. So uh, council ultimately approved that. It'd been a long process. We did a lot of engagement of the public, and um, I think it. Uh, we're kind of parking it probably for now. We're doing a flood study hoping that might open up some funding through the federal government, possibly with the flood wall to maybe build in some, uh, some outside funds or possibly mm-hmm. some parks grants as we do this, um, regional designation of our park it might open us up to some opportunities to, to leverage some local dollars before we commit to doing that. And the flood study also might change the elevation slightly. So we're kind of letting that play out for now, but, I think, uh, overall excited about, um, what could be done with, with that entrance.
0: Is, are you, are we looking at 2020 or 2022 for a year that that will be, uh, implemented?
1: I, I would say probably, uh, not, um, I would say we'd probably be discussing, discussing it next year related to the capital planning. We are going to be doing some par- overall parks planning, including the river corridor, and we're actually start kicking off here, some engagement with the community around Bridge Square um, and getting feedback. So it'll probably be a prioritization of some of these different uh, parks and pieces that this will be added into that mix uh, as we go forward.
0: All right. Uh, Once again, City Administrator Ben Mardig is with us. There was uh, two. There were two other items on the regular agenda last night, and they're related. They both have to do with the uh, Greenvale School Lincoln Parkway, the vehicle uh, traffic uh, in that corridor, uh, and also the consideration of the preliminary plat. Uh, for uh craywood uh, the craywood edition was uh, discussed let's start off with uh the uh, traffic uh, congestion what was discussed and what were there any actions taken
1: yeah certainly through the uh, craywood development project we've one of the large concerns we've heard is uh lincoln parkway just as it relates to the design what they're experiencing out there currently with greenville school they're um we, we know that there have been a couple of uh, formal documented uh, crossing guard violations this school year. Um, there's been anecdotally provided uh, more more examples of near misses, I guess, of potential violations. Perception of higher vehicle speeds um, might even be during that non-school peak time. Congestion gets pretty high through there during that kind of half-hour window of uh, pickup and per- drop-off, but particularly pickup of vehicles. Um, we're also seeing vehicles with uh, the staging lines into the Greenville School backing up onto Lincoln Parkway, and that's causing some issues um, with people trying to get around, people who are trying to go through that area. Um, And uh, so based on that feedback, certainly Craywood identified some of those concerns, but we also knew that um, this is an existing condition that we need to take a look at, and so... We'd, we've we been working with the school district, our city staff, our engineer, our uh, police chief, um, our community development planning have been meeting to basically brainstorm, is there anything we can do late in the year here to do some temporary improvements to kind of what's going on? But th- there's a couple of planning pieces that have been planned. First of all, when Greenville School was approved, um, we knew that with COVID going on, there was a lot of uncertainty about exactly what would happen with the traffic flow. Um, even or before it was constructed, we also had questions about how will it actually function when it's out there. So it was a conditional approval with a look-back requirement where there would be a new traffic study looked at that the school would initiate to kind of evaluate how it was working. Um, and so um, that's coming up. That was planned for 2022, and we're gearing up for that. The, the city also, based on the council concerns with the conditions, We have initiated plans for bringing in our own independent consultant. We're going to be looking at really design through that corridor. How do we make, how do we really put pedestrians and and biking first on safety and also deal with, uh, you know, safe flow of traffic in and out um, related to uh, that corridor? It's going to require a a little bit more of a, a, a broader look because when you have so many different things going on buses, bikes, walkers single occupancy vehicles with kids in them, um, to drop off, uh, you really need to take a comprehensive look at how, what you want to do for design before you, um, kind of start putting improvements in. Cause if you add bike lanes as an example, and then you put bump outs in some areas, you gotta, we gotta think about how, how we do the design of that. But, um, so we had a pretty robust discussion about that last night and there's a few things we're doing immediately the dynamic speed signs are going to be re- relocated um uh from the former Longfellow School the district office um since there aren't um younger children actively there now it's the alternative school location we're going to move those uh over we did, we did it, tried to do it earlier this year and we couldn't get a contractor to do it but we're really pushing to try and get that those moved over uh so we uh, have that adding additional, uh, no parking, uh, including identification through signage and painting around the crosswalks to provide more setbacks. So there's better visibility around the crosswalks. Also putting uh no, no parking, um, kind of, uh, several hundred feet or uh, hundred or so feet back from the entrance to the Greenville school. Um, on the school side, we've had people kind of staging there where they park and then go up to the school. We. But with the backup of traffic, we'd almost would like to see that temporarily work more as a as a turn lane for them. So we, the vehicles will be able to kind of move off as they go to a right turn to go in there. And hopefully that will help with the free flow through that area. We're going to be um, doing some um, formal traffic data counts, putting some sp- uh, speed counters that will track speeds, number of vehicles and it won't be the um, police um, identification sign that can impact uh, part of the purpose of having that that uh, identification sign out where people can drivers can see it it's it's to change behavior and it's very effective at reducing speeds for short term Um, so we don't want that to be a bias so we're going to be looking at different types of counters to be put in there to get more Mm -hmm. accurate data as we go into that planning stage uh, the school district's doing some things, too, looking at possibly doing some contract parking for the larger days that they might have events for uh, for um, staffing. So in the area, taking a look at are there any partner uh, organizations where they might be able to do that. Um, and then based on some of the council feedback, too, they added some additional things. So they, they uh, added, uh, gave direction to staff to do a couple other things. One would be to add... Uh, plastic delineators to basically create a temporary bump out at those uh key crossings along lincoln uh, where we have crosswalks and uh, we had those on washington street kind of as a demonstration project before mm-hmm. we put the bump outs in um just to give more warning hopefully sp- speed down uh, the vehicles and allow the staging area out there a little bit more as uh as the kids and the crossing guards go in there or when the crossing guards aren't there additional kind of drawing attention for vehicles, and then the last piece would be to um, look at pedestrian-activated temporary uh, uh, pedestrian-activated flashing uh, kind Mm -hmm. of signs, Uh, what options are there to come back to the council to consider that, so that would be an engineer thing to take a look to see if there are any things they can do temporarily that might mean yet this year that might be in, in early 2022 if there are some issues with uh, weather dependent, but um, mm-hmm. we had a very robust discussion of the council. We did appreciate having uh, superintendent. Dr. Hillman was there as well as uh principal from greenville sam richardson uh giving some perspectives and uh, as it relates to what they're observing and and supporting with the city on some of these improvements
0: all right we got to move on uh the craywood edition was uh, discussed last night uh the folks from northfield shed uh, the neighborhood folks there uh were out in full force and had a lot of people speaking uh in the end though the uh, final plat was or excuse me the preliminary plat was approved i have that correct
1: Yes, that's right. Um, so uh, the preliminary plat, which kind of outlines the the lots, the road connections, um, uh, did approve, uh, was approved last evening, uh, came with a recommendation from the planning commission. Um, so with that, again, we got um, the site would consist of 22 single family homes, two twin homes, one fourplex, uh, an apartment complex as well that would be part of that project. Um, So the preliminary plat would would move on to future phases, I guess, now to take a look at a number of other issues. There was some discussion about um, whether or not to dedicate park was probably one of the uh, particular areas of focus last night. The uh, city code outlines dedication of park, and, um, and there's a calculation that's done on that with the smaller parcel, infill parcel like this um it's a pretty small piece of property but the council did request to uh, take the recommendation of the park board to include dedication of park with the project that would basically provide some public property that could be used for park purposes within the interior of the site uh, and that was uh it would move forward uh, as well the council did include that provision to have that within that um, and uh this basically would uh the preliminary pat plat really kind of lays out a lot of the standards of our code and i think there's a lot of discussion of council on that is in many ways if you meet the conditions basically our rule book with the city with the land development code and, and compliance with our comprehensive plan uh it, it, if you meet the requirements the preliminary plat pretty much needs to be mm-hmm. uh, approved and uh so the council did uh, authorize that last meeting and moves moves on to future approvals will be coming forward in the future related to that project
0: you know rich and i were talking earlier this morning about uh density uh and uh having uh developments that uh, have more occupancy uh in uh, has been a priority of the council is that come about during your time here did that happen before do you do you know the history of of that very much or
1: yeah it was back in 2008 it's really um taken a lot more focus uh in in minnesota nationally lately Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of news media coverage about minneapolis about changing their zoning code to allow more mixed uses and to go away from pure separation of like single-family housing districts um northfield made major changes to that you know, way before this was something that was po- becoming popular. And so that was done back in 2008. So all of the new growing, um, uh, residential areas. And then there's, this is one unique one where it's an infill site has what we call the N2 zoning, where it allows it, it, it allows and actually encourages in our comprehensive plan to do a mixed, mixed densities, as you talked about. And then uh, it does also allow for commercial serving residential, so you could have you know in some new growth areas if there's an apartment building you could have say on the main level of the apartment complex you know a small sandwich shop or you know a small you know you know food grocer goods or those kinds of things to try and encourage to make it accessible for for some of those types of things now where the balance of putting those to practice come into play is is Um, As it relates to kind of how does it fit in with their surrounding neighborhoods as it relates, you know, to size and scaling of it is where it gets a little nuanced, particularly around infill sites like this one. Um, Most of those new residential areas with that designation are probably going to be on new developments, um, which make it a little cleaner when you're starting with a fresh palette to kind of come up with something before people are, are living there. But we have kind of surrounding existing features that make it a little bit uh, more nuanced and certainly is has been a focus a draw of interest to the Craywood as some people have raised concerns about just how big they say the apartment complex is or how how much mass there is with it.
0: And um, one final question what is the next step in the process for the uh, Craywood development?
1: Well the next step that will be on our agenda um, mm-hmm. will be uh, in November the first meeting in November we'll have a public hearing around um, a, basically tax assistance uh, on the project uh, that would basically capture the new tax value for the apartment complex only uh, to help make that cash flow to include some affordable housing provisions and some sustainable design uh, components of that, as well as the underground parking, providing some financial assistance in order to um, make that project um, work within the within the overall project area that's more of a legislative decision of the city council it's different than the platting and we do have um, policies and criteria around that so the public will be invited to give their testimony on that there might or might not be action scheduled that evening the agreements are still being drafted so there's a good likelihood it would only be the hearing without any formal action scheduled that evening
0: all right ben martin thank you so much for coming in My pleasure. Thank you, Jeff. All right. It's Ben Martig, Northfield City Administrator. We've got Rich standing by, local news coming up in just a moment or so. Tim McNiff, news with a side of sports on the way. As we get... Thanks for listening to this KYMN radio podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it interesting, consider leaving us a review and sharing this podcast on social media. You can find more podcasts like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcasts, simply by searching the KYMN Radio Podcast. And of course, you can listen to us live on 95.1 FM, 1080 AM, and on our website. KYMN is your home
1: for real radio, true variety.